What is going on, everybody? You are listening to the J Red Show on Anchor and Spotify. The Buffalo Bills fall to five and three with a nine to six loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars. In a game that's going to be called the Josh Allen game because Jacksonville Jaguars defensive end Josh Allen recorded a sack, an interception, and a fumble recovery against Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen. As the score indicates, um, both teams struggled offensively. The Bills just could not move the ball. I mean, neither could the Jaguars. But it's very disappointing to see the Bills lose to a bad team in the Jacksonville Jaguars. But as they say, any given Sunday, you cannot take any team for granted. The Bills have an easy schedule, but they're not guaranteed to win all those games. And this game proves that you need to be prepared for every each and every team. Because right now the AFC is crazy wide open. As of now, there are nine AFC teams with five wins. And I'm going to give my thoughts on those nine teams plus the two teams with more wins than them. But I'm going to start out with the Buffalo Bills. I still maintain that on paper, the Buffalo Bills are the best team in the AFC and possibly the the entire NFL. I still think this is their Super Bowl to lose. However, they have a glaring weakness with the offensive line. The reason they struggled is because the offensive line just could not protect um, Josh Allen. Brandon Bean has done a great job with the Bills, getting them from a 17-year playoff drought to Super Bowl contention. But the one thing he has utterly failed at is building the offensive line. Cody Ford looks like a bust. Deion Dawkins is struggling. And Brandon Bean should absolutely be criticized for not doing anything to improve the offensive line. But the good news is, in this upcoming Jets game, it looks like they're going to get Spencer Brown and Dawson Knox back. The team really misses Knox. I mean, the offense has not been good ever since they lost Knox in that Titans game. So, um, I'm hoping that the returns of Knox and, um, and Brown will get the Bills back into Super Bowl contention. Well, most Las Vegas sports books... Are still predict still have the Bills as the favorite to win the Super Bowl, or at least at the very least the AFC. But to most Bills fans, this loss to the Jaguars 
hurts the, their Super Bowl uh, hurts their Super Bowl chances. It's like we they they look at this offensive line. It's like you really gotta improve this offensive line. Again, I have hope with Brown and Knox coming back. But anyone who is not planning a parade for the Bills, the offensive line is why. And another thing that hurts the Bills' Super Bowl chances is where they place in the standings. There, the Buffalo Bills' regular season goal was to finish first place in the AFC and get a first-round bye in the first round of the playoffs and home field advantage for the next two rounds. But in that regards, they're in trouble. Because they're two games behind first place Tennessee Titans. And the Titans have a tiebreak over them. So it's looking less and less likely that the Bills are going to get the number one seed. And now their regular season goal should be defending their division title against an old foe. But I'm going to go across the AFC right now. Start at the top. The Tennessee Titans. The Titans defeat the Rams 28-16. And they are so far proving me wrong. I mean, I had a tough time getting a firm grasp on this Titans team. I thought... I'm like, the Titans look good, yes. But this isn't 1995 anymore. Can you really win a Super Bowl with Derrick Henry as your star player and an average quarterback and Ryan Tannehill as your starting as a your star player? This is a passing league and the best player is a running back. And then when Henry went down, I thought, yeah, stick a fork in the Titans. They're not going to be a threat. Well, so far, I am wrong about this Titans team. They defeat the Rams 28-16, to and they're in the driver's seat for the number one seed. They have a great defense. Um, Ryan Tannehill's doing enough to get by. Still, the folks on WGR 550, like Sneaky Joe on the nightcap, is arguing that... This Titans team is a fluke, like last year's Steelers that started 11-0. It's like, can they win the Super Bowl with Ryan Tannehill as their quarterback? I think they're the most well-rounded team. Um, I really like their receivers. I like Julio Jones. And I think that does raise his game, Tannehill's game a bit. But I really, I still don't know about this Titans team. I guess we won't know until January. I mean, if they win the Super Bowl, I'll be like, if, if the Titans win the Super Bowl, I'll be like, everything I thought I knew about football is today's football is wrong and how to build a successful team. But we will see if Tennessee can win the Super Bowl. They are currently 7-2 and two right now. Second place is the Baltimore Ravens, who fall to 6-3. and three After losing to the Miami Dolphins, 22-10. Again, as they say, any given Sunday, 
This Miami Dolphins team is not good, and they beat a very good Titan, a Ravens team. Well, it look, well, looks like a very good Ravens team. That's how screwy the NFL is. The the Titans lost to the Jets. The Ravens should have lost to the winless Lions, and they have an, an embarrassing loss to the um to the Dolphins of today. Lamar Jackson is so inconsistent. There are times where he is in the MVP conversation. And then there were days like today where he looked awful. He went 26 for 43, 238 yards, one touchdown, one interception. He is just he did he did get a little bit better. He did get a, a good final drive at the end. But for the first three quarters, Jackson has struggled. The defense struggled a little bit. And again, you, you, this team can go from being the top, one of the best teams in the NFL to one of the worst on a dime. And that pretty much sums up the AFC right now. Now on to the five-win teams, starting with the Los Angeles Chargers. They had a 27-24 win over the Eagles before it was a 27-24 loss to the Chargers. Sorry, this, uh, I was, I was scratch that. The Chargers had a 27-24 win over the Eagles, and before that, they had a 27-24 loss to the Patriots. The week before that, they lost 34-6 to the Ravens, and then they beat the Browns 47-42. to I really like what I see from Justin Herbert. I think he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league for the next 15-20 years. But the Chargers just don't... are just so inconsistent. I mean, and they... The next team that I'm going to talk about... The team that's nipping at the Bills' feet right now, the New England Patriots. The Pats have won three games in a row and are now one game, a half game behind the Bills for the division lead. Bill Belichick is still showing that he has magic. He still has a great defense, and Mac Jones is developing well. I mean, in the, dis in the discussion of Brady versus Belichick, it seems like last year proved that Brady made Belichick. I think it's obvious that Brady was more important to the dynasty, but Bill Belichick is still a great head coach. He can still win without Tom Brady. In 1994, he went 11-5 and with the Cleveland Browns. In 2008, he went 11 and 5 with the um, New England Patriots, both without Brady. He started 2016 with the 3 and 1 record without Brady. Um, the first, put this way, the first Super Bowl in 2001, even though he did have Brady, 
I would argue that he was more responsible for that first one. I mean, Brady did not have great numbers. That was mostly Belichick of the defense that got the Patriots that first Super Bowl. Now, the next five is more Brady. Like I said, Brady's more important to the dynasty. I guess you could argue that sixth and final Super Bowl, where they beat the Rams 13-3, you could argue that was more Belichick of the defense. But you cannot underestimate the hoodie. Bill Belichick continued to prove why he's the greatest, one of the greatest co- coaches of all time. And New England's a threat. And those game, those two games versus the Bills are going to be huge. I will be attending that Monday night game. And yeah, let's get us with the big atmosphere. Next is the Kansas City Chiefs. Heading into this season, that was the, the, the Chiefs' Monday night game. The Chiefs' Sunday night game was the game the Bills had. Bills fans had circled on their calendars ever since that AFC championship loss last year. Experts were like, Patrick Mahomes is the next Tom Brady. Travis Kelsey is the next Rob Gronkowski. Andy Reid is the next Bill Belichick. Um, Tyreek Hill is a great player. The Chiefs are, are going to rule the NFL for the next 15 to 20 years, just like what the Patriots did. So if the Bills were going to prove themselves to be legit, they would have had to beat the Chiefs. And they did. And Bills fans thought they were going to walk their way to the Super Bowl. However, this Kansas City team has not looked good. Mahomes has not looked like the next Brady. He has just struggled. In the last two, I mean, ever since that um, blowout loss, they did beat the Washington football team 31-13, but they kind of struggled. Then they lost to the Titans 27-3. Mahomes couldn't get anything going. And then the next two games, they barely beat the t- a terrible Giants team 20-17. And then they beat the Packers 13-7. Quite frankly, they are lucky that Aaron Rodgers is an anti-COVID idiot and Jordan Love sucks. Otherwise, this season would be up in smoke. And the Chiefs would continue the long tradition of... A 25-year stretch where at least one Final Four NFL team failed to make the playoffs the next year. And frankly, it could be either the, the on paper, it could be either the Bills or the um, Chiefs. I mean, both teams are struggling to make the playoffs right now. Now, will Mahomes bounce back? I'm still waiting for that moment where the Chiefs just catch fire and come roaring back. They have too much talent on the offense to be this bad. On the defense, it does make sense. The Chiefs do need to improve the defense. But there is no way a team with Mahomes, Hill, and Kelsey should miss the playoffs. (coughs) Up next is the team the Chiefs face in um, the next game is the Las Vegas Raiders. 
This is going to be a very interesting game. We'll just determine who's in the driver's seat in the AFC West. I mean, the Raiders have a lot of off-field issues. They they have to deal with the the Henry Ruggs situation, um, all their first-round draft picks being bust and being traded. But so I think the Raiders are a bit of a paper tiger, but they are five and three. Derek Carr starting to look good. Ace currently has over 2,500 yards on the season. So we're starting to see a return of 2016 Derek Carr. Up next is the Pittsburgh Steelers. They, this has got to be, this is an extremely, they've won four in a row to bring their season back from the dead. But I really don't like this Steelers team. I mean, they barely beat the Bears in a poorly officiated game. So they should be 4-5. and five. Roethlisberger is a shell of his former self. I mean, a month ago, we thought the Steelers were dead. And they might still be dead. As Bills fans, we've seen this all too often throughout the 17-year playoff drought. We've seen the Bills... Um, Start like 2007, though they started poorly, or 2004 and 2007, where the Bills start poorly and then get hot and make a playoff run. Th that's what some of these teams, I think, are doing. I, th I think that's what Pittsburgh's doing. But I could be wrong. Maybe they make the playoffs. Next, we go to the two Ohio teams, starting with the Cincinnati Bengals. After the Bengals crushed the Ravens 41-17, to I said Joe Burrow is legit and the Bengals are a legit Super Bowl contender. What happened after that game? They lost to the Jets and they lost, They got blown out by the Browns. I mean, that's, how, that's just the perfect summary of the AFC this year. The Browns just traded Odell Beckham to the Rams. Lost Odell Beckham to the Rams. Um... And we, we will see if this improves um, Baker Mayfield's game. Because Beckham could be a locker room cancer. I know Sabres fans have had this argument with Jack Eichel. That some Sabres fans think they're better off without him. Not because he's a bad player, but because of his, but because of his attitude. So we'll see if Cleveland can salvage their season. So there you go. The nine teams that are five, have five wins in this crazy AFC. In the NFC, the only team that has five wins is the New Orleans Saints. I mean, they've recovered. They have some nice pieces. Um, they've recovered. I mean, Davis Winston was having a good year before he went out with injuries. So they found a good replacement for um, Drew Brees. So they're a bit overachieving. But I don't know about this, Chiefs, this Saints team. So, what are your thoughts on the AFC? Hit me on Twitter at JRed Show. And one more thing I want to talk about. The officiating. NHL refs are bad. MLB umps are bad. NBA refs are bad. NCAA football and basketball refs are bad. The soc soccer referees can be bad. But they are nowhere near as bad as NFL refs. Just in that Jacksonville game, so many blown calls. The Jaguars jump off sides 
and they call a false start against the Bills. And I was watching the the Monday night game, Pittsburgh versus Chicago. It really looked like the Rats were trying to give Pittsburgh the win. Just so many awful calls. So much incompetence. Again, it's it's not really the referee's fault. It's the NFL's fault. The rules are just too vague. And everyone's view and everyone's judgment differs. That's why we have such inconsistent refereeing. I think we see the problem that problem in other sports too. But it is really bad in the NFL. In today's Ravens versus Dolphins game, we saw a botched rough of the passer call. Just awful officiating across the league. What are your thoughts? Hit me on Twitter at JRedShow. On to the Buffalo Sabres. They have lost. They have lost four games in a row. Well, it's a winless. So they've lost five games in a row. Well, it's a winless streak. They're five, five, and two on the year. So after a hot start, the Buffalo Sabers have crashed back to earth. So on the standings, this is this is looking like what the 2019-20 season where they started eight and one and then fell apart. Or after the the ten game losing streak in two thousand eighteen, but on the ice, this is different. The Sabers under under Bilesma, Housley, and Kruger would go into the fetal position and just look like look give and just give up. It looks like they'll just lay down and play dead. This year's Sabres team, even though they've lost five games in a row, they still look good at the losses. They are still outchancing their opponents. Um, they are still outshooting their opponents. Last night's game versus the Washington Capitals. Well, Wednesday's game versus Washington, I should say. They lost 5-3, to three, but they made it interesting in the end. Jeff Skinner almost scored a goal late to make it 5-4. to four, And that's what Sabres fans should be looking for this year. Moral victories. Outshooting out your opponents. Yes, it does suck that the Sabres are probably going to break the record for an 11th straight... Uh, the NHL record and go an 11th straight year without playoffs. Especially considering that this is Rick Jenner's final year. But unlike the previous general managers, I think Kevin Adams knows if the Sabres are going to do this right, they he has to go slow and not rush to rebuild. Because they, because uh, I think the Sabres' future is bright. They have some nice pieces. Rasmus Asplin, Tage Thompson, Casey Milsek, Henry Okiaru. Even Greg Rosinski's like... Um, yeah, yeah. Even though he didn't like what they got returned for the um, Eichel trade, he really likes the Sabers' future. He thinks the he thinks the future is bright for this team. My two concerns are Rasmus Dahlin and Dylan Cousins, and whether or not the Sabers can get these two right will determine how far they'll go. Dylan Cousins at a minus seven, and Rasmus Dahlin's at a minus four. I mean, Dolan's had um, a, 
he's had his moments, but over he's kind of struggled this year. Like the embarrassing moment versus Seattle game, where he's pretty much tripped over his own net. So something is wrong with those two. And it, this, like I said, the Sabres got to find some way. Granado and um, Adams need to find some way to get that correct. Because I mean, if they do, the Sabres, pro, if, well, you combine that with Owen Power coming up, Cre Peyton Krebs, a core shouldn't be more than about five or six players. I'm not sure what the Sabres have established with the, what the next core is actually going on. But judging from Kevin, what, what Kevin Adams is doing, the core moving forward is Krabs, Middlestack, Cousins, Touch, Dolan, and Power. I hesitate to call the following core pieces, but it's obvious they have a regular place in it for the next few years with Quinn, Petkura, Olsen, Asplin, and Thompson. Yokiaru, Samuelson, Bryson, and Johnson, and Gold. That leaves guys like Rosen, R2, Bjork, um, Gus, Lekison, and Fitzgerald, and anyone they draft the next two seasons push or become state regulars down the road, and Levi and Petrolio and the goalies to be goalies for pushing uh, Pekaluka to the side. How the younglings are developing will determine if they can become regulars, but part of a new core. It's a nice recipe, but it's only as good as the development. Not everyone they have their main sabers, so this will likely change and be different, but as a snapshot of what they're trying to accomplish. And one team you should watch out for watch out for is the Rochester Americans. They improved to six and three with a five one win over the Wilkes Barre Scranton Penguins. Jack Quinn leads the Amherst with seven goals and six assists for thirteen points. I do think of this year's Amherst team as maybe the O three O four Amherst. You had most of the pieces of what would become the Failed post Breer and Jury Corps. Then in 0405, the Emmerichs added Vanek. They all came up after the lockout at various points and held those spots in the lineup. I guess I'm hoping the current crop gets good together this year and maybe another year in the Rochester. They start, they start breaking to the Sabres next year. On to the NBA. Um, the shorthanded Los Angeles Lakers defeat the Miami Heat. 120 to 117. Um, it looks like Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis are starting to figure some stuff out. Um, earlier this year, it really looked like the Lakers were regretting the um, signing on Westbrook. But he's starting to get it together. He has a triple-double with 25 points, 12 rebounds, and 14 assists. Uh... Davis had a quiet game with 24 points and 13 rebounds. But I still see some troubles with Westbrook. It was frustrating for Lakers fans. He's posted up to P.J. Tucker for a nice mid-range jumper with a minute or so earlier on. I know he didn't want to get stripped by a help of a defender, but the crowd was just begging to take the roof of the Staples Center for the last win. Um, 
I was putting more a bit more on the final possession than regulation. The Lakers had like 22 seconds, so nearly a full shot clock, and the ball outside the half court. I was kind of putting a screen for Russ to drive and then find someone open for Russ could drive if someone else goes covered. That's a Russbrook plays superb in the fourth. Vogel and his team need to continue to sit down with Russbrook and hammer the decision making. It's obvious that Russbrook is a tremendous talent. If he maybe even been a few feet of daylight, he could beat this guy or even get to the rim. Maybe he got too excited and wanted to get to the crowd excited by proving the point and he can hit the three as a dagger. I think he did it in the point of game with Oklahoma City. But that's not what the Lakers need from him. They need to make sure do a surehand thing. I remember looking at the numbers. Russbrook is actually very short-handed around the rim. He's looking extremely high percentage. It's his random pulls of up for threes and other unnecessary shots to pull him down. The Monk I saw how to envision Monk should be playing when I first learned the Lakers signed him. Davis is right. It's surprising that they got him for a lower end minimum. He's a first round lottery potential. When he's hot, he's actually one of the best guys of the Lakers. So what are your thoughts on the Lakers here on Twitter at JRed Show? And finally go to the English Premier League. As of now, we have a four-team race for the top. We have a a relatively tight race for the top spot. Chelsea leads the league with at eight two and one with twenty six points. Manchester City and West Ham are tied with twenty three. Liverpool twenty, and Arsenal coming back from the dead. About a month ago, they were dead last in the Premier League. They now have twenty points, and out fourth. So now these teams are trying to find where to go. Um, right now, Manchester City is a top spot to land Harry Kane and and Nesre. Finishing is Manchester City's biggest weakness. I love to be able to take a turn last set and say the club tried and failed to land Spurs Harry Kane this summer, but that's what they really need. It's it's good unpredictable. It's a good unpredictable. They have generated 24.2 XG in 11 premier matches, but they've only scored the second, fourth, only scored 22, the fourth most. Um, Arians Dance is a decent from Preston standpoint and isn't much of a passer, but they've already got creators and they need finishers. And Ennis has turned a 30.6.3 XG into 38 goals. If City want to save their dough for Kane or Holland, push on. Castillo's from from C's major league soccer sister club is defensively active. Just won the Golden Boot in MLS. Um, for Arsenal, um, they need mid- midfield and stability. The Gunners are smoking pot and uh, an unbeaten all competition since, since October. Um, they're hot despite midfield Grant Exeter's MCL injury. However, Exeter is hurt and Angar's been very pr- pr- productive. If they're serious about pushing for a top four finish, they might want another veteran progressor. Um, and they might want to go out to Thomas Putry. The 20 series Pasek would be a fun story. A former member of Chelsea Lone Army, he's fourth in the season at Atlantia. He's versatile and and proven fantastic in the air. For Chelsea, they need some decent crosses. Liverpool needs mid. Uh, they could go to Tevez, Severa, and Montpellier. Liverpool needs midfield death. Manchester United needs ball progression. 
Tottenham Hotspur, these midfield offsides. On to La Liga. Um, Atletico Madrid needs defensive stability. Barcelona needs better options at center back. Real Madrid needs another threat on the right. For Bundesliga, um, Bayern Munich needs a right back. Borussia Dortmund needs a center back. AC Milan needs a young finisher. Inter Milan needs a younger options. Juventus needs a goalkeeper. Napoli needs another tagging midfielder. And finally, Paris Saint-Germain and in League 1, Paris Saint-Germain needs an extra defensive oomph. So, what are your thoughts on sports? Hit me on Twitter at JRedShow, and I will see you later.